0: Lovely to hear the chatter and the conversation, and uh, we can continue that uh, in a little while at the end of the service. Fantastic. So over this particular early part of 2024, we're looking at some of our hallmarks as a church, and we're kind of in week three of that. I'm not going to give it away too uh, quickly, but I'm going to read a passage of Scripture which I... I love really. I've kind of spoken on it many times, and it's something that I'd like us to pick up on uh, today a particular um, theme. And so we're going to look at John chapter 13 and the first 17 verses. So the verses that might come up on the screen, um, or you can follow them obviously on your devices or in your Bible if you so wish. <clears throat> it's certainly entitled Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Now I'm aware that this is a very familiar account, so it's easy just to let it brush off. But if you can kind of engage with it, uh, don't let it bypass you because it's familiar, then that would be great. So verse 1, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his home, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So this was an expression of devotion, of of love, this was. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was turning to God. So Jesus got up from the meal, took out his outer clothing, and wrapped a, a, a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So he came to Simon Peter, um, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash your feet, you will have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said to them, not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to this place. Do you understand what I have done for you? he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Neither I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things... You will be blessed if you do them. Now, I don't know about you, over the years when you go to parties and in our street when you're getting to know people, one of the questions that comes out is, what, what is your name? And uh, within the conversation when you're getting to know somebody, is kind of, what do you do? Often that comes out, isn't it? What do you do? As if it kind of uh, defines us. And... Someone would say, you know, well, I'm a doctor, or I'm a teacher, I'm a lawyer, uh, I'm a car salesman, I'm a student, I'm a home builder. And what we do can kind of identify as a little bit. Now, I remember going down to um, Nuki at a conference at the Eden Church down there, a church that uh, I think Jamie used to go to, didn't he, and, and Deb used to go, uh, with Mike Robbins, a great pastor. And I was down there for a conference, there's only about 15 of us. And it was for three, three days. But on three evenings, we went, um, about eight of us went to Pizza Express. Living it up. <laughs> Pizza Express. And we were there on three consecutive nights and had the same waitress. So on the third night, she decided to ask us, what do you all do? Now, we were all pastors. What do you all do? Now, we weren't going to let her off that lightly. So one of our numbers says, guess. What do you think we do? And she looked over at me and said, are you (laughs) firemen? I thought, I'll take that. No, she didn't look at me. (laughs) Are you firemen? And uh, we explained that... um, Somebody explained, or tried to explain... (laughs) that were all ministers and we're all um, pastors. Now, I don't know whether that impressed her or not. I can't quite remember. But who we are is quite important to us. Now, on my side of the family, when I became a pastor, they all used to call me bishop. Very respectful. On Wendy's side of the family, they used to call me the pope. So that was kind of well elevated. But what we're known for is kind of quite important to us, isn't it? And I just love this account of Jesus washing the disciples' feet because Jesus just throws so much out the water. Pardon the pun. It is brilliant. He mixes everything up, turns it upside down. He's playing on the disciples' minds, and I think he made, it, made them really feel uncomfortable when he set about washing their feet, As if, Lord, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing this, Lord. And Judas himself, who was going to betray Jesus, must have hated it for many different reasons. I won't go into all of it. But here was Jesus, licensed to serve. He wanted a Messiah he was licensed to kill that lived in a very different mode. He didn't want a Messiah who would give his life, he wanted a Messiah who would take life because they're occupied by the Romans. But as the New Testament says, Jesus didn't come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So Judas, who couldn't handle this because he wanted a Messiah that would conquer the Roman Empire and the Romans that was held them back into slavery... And I don't know whether Judas could think all the way back in Jewish history when they were slaves, centuries before. And we don't want to be slaves to anybody. But Jesus revealed to them, to his disciples, you're not slaves. You're not trapped. You're free to serve. You are free to serve. So when a Roman centurion, as they could back then, grabbed somebody from the community and give them their heavy pack to put on, and it was by law, you had to walk a mile and carry it for them. Jesus says, you're not slaves. You can take it an extra mile. You are free to choose to serve. You are not in bondage. And here, Jesus, I believe, he was showing his disciples, you are free to serve. No matter how great you feel you are, or how trapped you feel, you are free to serve. And it's interesting, as he was reading it, notice again, he says that Jesus knew where he had come from. He knew who he belonged to, so he was free to serve in any way possible, even below people's dignities. As somebody once says, it's not about who we are, but it's about whose we are, and we belong to him. So let me make one or two points about this passage, which just is a lot of things that I could say. You see, Jesus, some people say that Jesus brought in an upside-down kingdom. He didn't. He brought in a right-way-up kingdom, the right way to live and to function. And in society of that day, not just with the Roman Empire, there were some power issues. And even amongst Jesus' disciples, there were some power issues. So two of his Jesus' disciples, James and John, quite prominent disciples, two sons of Zebedee. Zebedee, the sons of thunder, they were called. So James and John, their mother was very ambitious for them. Like mothers can be. And... They wanted to know that when Jesus' kingdom came in fully, they didn't really know what that meant. She says, can one of them sit on your right and one on your left? And I'm not too sure which one was going to go where. You see, they wanted, they wanted to be great in God's kingdom. And then Jesus says these great words in Matthew 20, 25. says this. And Jesus, because there's a lot of ambition amongst these disciples. And Jesus, it says, calls them together. And he says... You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. He says, not so with you. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Must be your servant. It's not about lording it over other people. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And a friend of mine, he says this, Serving is not a stepping stone to greatness, though. It's not a stepping stone to greatness, though. Serving is greatness. It is the great thing to do. It is the right way up kingdom. Secondly, no one is above serving. No one is above serving. Because in the verses we just read, chapter 13 verse 14, because Jesus says, that, Now that I, I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash others' feet. So the implication is, Jesus being Jesus, who he is, is prepared to wash other people's feet. What is your excuse? Now these disciples had been in many settings where they had served others in Jesus' name. And one of the hallmarks we like to think we have at Encounter Church is that people will serve. People will serve. That people will take an opportunity to serve. Now, people um, within the church will serve outside of the church in many different ways, and we want to support and commend that. And help you with that. But also within Encounter Church, we encourage people, if you've been around for at least a few months, why not think and pray and talk to people about finding a place to serve? It makes it very d- different when you're part of a family, when you step forward to serve. It makes you feel part of something part of something. I remember in my previous church up in the northeast of England and there's a lady that was on the teas and coffees rotor and she just kind of helped to wash up at the end and she did that a few times. She'd been in the church for a few years and at one time she turned to me after washing up she says I really feel part of the church now. Now you don't have to wash up to be part of the church that's not quite what I'm saying but it's a family isn't it? We find a place in order to serve and that's one of our Hallmarks. And we really appreciate those who serve in encounter church. We appreciate those who serve amongst our children. Do you know, I remember when our kids were young, they're kind of growing up now. Um, I'm going to be a granddad soon, so it's a little bit. If you think the dad jokes are bad, <laughs> wait till you hear the granddad jokes. So, <laughs> But I remember I regularly thanked those who. It was called the Sundays. I regularly thank. I was so appreciative of um, serving our children in that particular way. And we appreciate those in the church who serve uh, our young people, those who do refreshments, those connect group leaders, those who serve in the AV room, those on the worship team, the welcome team, help with Alpha, the ladies team. There's so many other uh, that I'm not going to mention, but so many different ways that people serve. And let me say this, that serving doesn't always need a dramatic call in fact often it doesn't so if you're waiting to think Lord I'll serve you when you call me to preach on the platform then I don't know what we're going to happen you know sometimes we just need to do something that just gets us on the path gets us on the road and um, if you can't really sing we'll tell you so (laughs) I've not been invited to join the worship group as yet no. The choir. I could join the choir. If we're still on acetates, I might be here. I kind of might be a bit. But there's many different ways that people can serve. And many of it is in ways that are unseen. But Jesus also shows them that they're serving on another level. There's another level of serving. And this is important because the disciples... Had seen some of the things that Jesus had done in praying for the sick, casting on out demons, even raising the dead. There was a, um, the breaking of the loaves and fishes and feeding of five thousands. I mean, that was a roller coaster ride. You see, we, 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 I think it's very exciting to have been with Jesus and seen all this. But the thing is, every time Jesus did something like that, it was to show the disciples something and to challenge society in some way. So it wasn't always easy because there's always a message that came through it. But the disciples had been involved and been sent out as a 12, weren't they? They were sent out with the 70. And they were doing some of the things that Jesus was doing. But it's as if Jesus was saying, that stuff is really great, but I'm just taking serving on to another level now. So you understand what serving really is all about, what servanthood is. And Jesus bends down at the end of the meal, (coughs) wraps a towel around his waist with a bowl of water, and starts to wash their feet. And he says, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And they were going to be leaders in the advancement of God's kingdom. And Jesus was revealing to them, "Do you know, this is only going to work if you learn to serve in the right way. This is the only way. This is going to serve. Jesus was showing them servanthood on another level. Now, last year, we, um, Isaac and I, one or two from the church, went to a conference at Life Central. That's in uh, Hales Owen. And Over was the leader of a great church, North Point, over in America. I don't know quite where it- was Andy Stanley? He's written a lot of books. They got this church, a lot of different sites, thousands of thousands. So we all kind of flocked to hear uh, Andy Stanley. And uh, one of the things that jumped out to me that it's funny that it's funny when you go places and hear what sticks out for you, isn't it? It's, it's kind of strange. But he was talking about how the more we rise in society, the more we feel that we're entitled to certain things or people owe us. And he was challenging us as pastors uh, from around the UK, and he said something which I thought, well, I'm really relieved that I'm okay on this. He says, as pastors, I hope that you've not demanded your own parking space in the car park. And I went, I have not got my own parking space, even though I was thinking it's a good idea. I didn't, but... And our car park really gets full. So I remember being over at Erdington uh, uh, last week and I kind of drove mid-morning and the parking around here. The car park was absolutely, absolutely f- full. When I got there, it was full. Isaac had just got the last parking space. And uh, even though he saw the pastor in his wing mirror and um, he took it anyway. No, he didn't know. He didn't know. And uh, no, I did put it on. I blocked a few people in, but I did put it on anyway, so. Now, In one sense, a pastor having his own parking space, well, you know, Andy Stanley was saying, don't be entitled. Don't be entitled. Come to serve. And Jesus was showing them that, you know, with greater responsibility, there's greater responsibility. And that is the heart to serve. It's the greater approach. And he says this, that that is what will bless you, not entitlement. He says, now that you know these things... You will be blessed if you do them. So, Jesus shows us that they're serving on another level. And he also, I think, brings out this that it's important that we have courage to receive as well. Because there was something going on here. Not just about um, Jesus serving, but also whether they would allow Jesus to wash their feet. So, this was going on as well. No, said Peter. You shall never wash my feet. And uh, Peter had this incredible reluctance. He's really embarrassed that it was Jesus that was going to wash his feet. Because he expected that a very lowly servant or slave to be the one that would wash your feet. And feet would get very dirty in that culture. And at the end of the day, feet would get washed. But it would be by a lowly servant or a slave. Just an incredible embarrassment that it was the Lord Jesus that was going to wash their feet. Do you know, sometimes we need to allow people to serve us. We do need to allow people to serve us. Because they may be the way that God wants us to be served. I don't know about you, there's many times within our lives, uh, as, a, as an individual, as a couple, the people have come along and served us, and um, they've been an answer to prayer. You know, it's been an incredible godsend. And uh, there's times when you think, oh, no, couldn't possibly, couldn't possibly. But people want to serve, don't they? People want to be a blessing to you. And sometimes we have to be open to serve. And we can feel a little bit embarrassed. We can feel a little bit reluctant. But it's important we have an openness to receive. God will look to bless you and to bless others through you. He will send them along. Now, I've heard of when preachers have preached on Jesus washing the disciples' feet, and then at the end of the sermon, as part of the response, have got out this big bucket of water and a few towels and started particularly to wash the feet of people on the front row. It's not going to happen today. And I'm not going to do, not that you'll say no, but just in case you ask me to wash your whole body as well. So that is the reason I'm not going to do it, because I'm not going there, really not going there. Um, the feet are, fi- yeah. Anyway, I'm not going there. So, but actually, it was the hands and the head, wasn't it? Then, the Peter. But as a church family, God wants to bless us through each other, doesn't He? That's how He does it. That's how He's demonstrated. You know, people will come in and say they'll know you're my disciples when you love one another, and they see that being demonstrated. But it's not just giving; it's also Receiving that. And finally, 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 we're not called to be slaves. We're not called to be slaves. Don't misunderstand the difference between a servant and a slave. We're not called to be slaves. In Galatians 5, verse 1, it says, It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened by yoke of slavery. So the Lord... And Scripture is into servanthood, but not into slavery. Not into slavery. He doesn't want us to be slaves. Now, we can be slaves to many things. We can be slaves to money, slaves to people. We can be slaves to culture. We can be slaves to other people's expectations. We can be slaves to our expectations. We can be slaves to social media, slaves to work, slaves to f- within a family, Slaves to even serving within a church. And I was reading recently, um, I won't tell you what book it was, but I just thought it was a great perspective. Because sometimes, don't we, on a daily basis, we think, oh, I've got to do this. Oh, I've got to do that. I've got to do this with my children. I've got to do this at work. And he says, you know, sometimes we should turn it around and we say that we, I get to do this. I get to do this. I get to go to work. I get to serve. I get to serve my family. Now, I'm not saying it's always easy to turn around, but, you know, there's a lot of things. You know, we get to do them. That's just a different approach, isn't it? I get to do this. And times when we're serving in church, maybe we do think, where's everybody else? Feels as if I've got to go to the extra mile. You know, we get to do this. We get to do this. Which is a wonderful um Thing. And I think, you know, in the Old Testament, there's times when God encouraged Israel, don't go back to Egypt, don't, even in your mind, don't go back to Egypt, not even in your mind and within your heart, don't go back into slavery. And in Deuteronomy 5.15 says, remember, you were slaves in Egypt, and then the Lord your God brought you out with a mighty hand. And God wants us to bring us out of slavery into servanthood. And we do it because we're children of God, don't we? We do it because we're co-heirs with Christ. We're serving Him together. There's a great verse in Ephesians 4 verse 16. I'll finish with this. It says, from Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does His work. We're on His Majesty's service. We get to do that. We get to do that, which is wonderful. So I'm going to invite the band up to come and join me on the platform, and we're going to pray. We're going to worship with a couple of worship songs, and then we can respond to the Lord as we feel that we'd like to respond to him. Uh, but we've been sitting for a few moments, so if you're able to and would like to, why don't we stand to our feet? If you, yeah, It's not compulsory, but if you'd like to that would be that would be wonderful let's pray together let's pray together let's bow our heads and pray let's just invite the the Holy Spirit to come amongst us and minister to us Lord we do thank you your presence with us this morning. Thank you. We believe that you've just got a little bit more for us as well. We pray, Lord, that you come amongst us by your Spirit over these next few moments, helping us to, Lord, to receive you, respond to you, allow you to reveal yourself and those things that you have for us. We pray that you come amongst us by your Holy Spirit. And with your heart, you you might want to say, "Lord, just come to me by Your Spirit. Come to me by Your Spirit. Let this journey continue. Let this adventure continue within my life. God has always got new things for us. We're not arrived yet. We have not arrived yet. And for some of you, just might be on your heart is start of this newish year." on your heart say Lord what is it you've got for me what is it you've got for me Lord I know I'm going to study I know I'm going to work but Lord what is it you've got for me Lord I want to reach out and say God I want to take hold of what you have for me for some of you on your heart as we've been sharing your heart is Lord I do want to serve where can I find that place to serve Lord show me I make that commitment to you for some on your heart is just to ask the Lord to renew a sense of calling, your belonging to him and a sense of calling that he has something for you in order to serve him. And finally, for some I just had a sense this morning this was important that God calls you one of his children. He doesn't call you a slave. But it could be expectations that others have placed on you, that you've put upon yourself. Maybe you've been in a very dark place, a little bit like the tunnel that, in the picture that uh, God gave Diane this morning, that you just feel trapped. You feel trapped. When you get up on a Monday morning, you just feel trapped. As you go through the week, you feel trapped. Where God wants to set us free. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we're going to conclude our service. We're going to sing a couple of worship songs of worship to help us engage with the Lord. And um, I'm going to say something that if you'd like to do this, you're very free. If, If you just have a sense God's doing something within you this morning or something that God is saying something to you or you're making a commitment to the Lord or you're saying, Lord, I feel trapped, set me free. I'm just going to invite you, if you want to, to come and stand at the front for a few moments as part of your worship to say, God, I bring this to you as a statement. We're not going to come up and pray for you. Uh, We'll do that at the end if you want to. But if you want to say, God, I'm just bringing this to you this morning, why don't you come and stand at the front while we worship as a statement to say to God, this is what I'm bringing to you this morning. Lord, we do pray at these next few moments. We pray that we'd receive all that you've got for us in Jesus' name. Amen.